Welcome to AB Testing Podcast, your modern testing podcast. Your hosts, Alan and Brent, will be here to guide you through topics on testing, leadership, agile, and anything else that comes to mind. Now, on with the show. Hey, Brent. Hey, Alan. Oh, wow, that was that was loud. Uh, we're back, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, one, it's 108. 108. We're so prepared today. Yeah, uh, yeah, we are. <laughs> so this is the, I have a string uh, for, as you probably have noticed, if you, unless this is your first episode, uh, I have a string of going on three episodes now where I've had something go haywire with the audio quality of this podcast. On the positive note, like your setup time today is probably the fastest it's been since you've got the new gear. Yeah, well, I I actually am getting caught up on my sleep, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, today is the day that I hope the audio is good. So if it is, uh send me a thumb send me a taco. <laughs> you can go to you can go to moderntesting.org or the podcast hosting this website, and there's a link there to join our Slack group. There. Yes. And in there you can send tacos. And there you can send tacos. You can also order stickers. I'm behind the sticker. Just remembered. I'll send that out today. Sorry. <laughs> I did mention. Oh, last how's time, the house? The house is good. I'm slowly moved in. Uh, people, I used to have my bookshelves behind me, and I do a, I do a lot of video calls. And my bookshelves used to be behind me, and people were upset. The bookshelves, the my new office configuration, they don't work there. But I do have the dog behind me now. The dog sleeps on the couch behind me all day. That's pretty so sweet. I replaced the, replaced the bookshelf with the dog, which I think is an upgrade. You still doing mostly work from home? Uh, three days a week right now, but two to three days a week. Actually, it's two. It was two days this week. And I don't plan. I mean, it's not like oh, I'm working from home today. It's like oh, I've had meetings since five thirty a.m. and now it's noon. I'm not going to bother going into work. I need that window to drive to work. And sometimes I have meetings back to back and I start early because of Europe and uh, sometimes I just don't make it in. But I always go in on Tuesdays and Fridays and usually there's one, sometimes another day I go in. This, I, I, work, I worked from the office yesterday. Yeah, I have a pretty sweet home office gig at home, but I find that I can't get work done. Number one, uh, I'm easily distractible in the first place. Number two, there are a lot of distractions at home. Yeah, it took me a while. I think it took me a long time of having days of working from home to get used to it. Uh, definitely in the new house, I have a new, uh, an elevated, compared to my old house, level of production. I'm not sure why. I'm getting a lot more done there. Especially when the media room as we call it, with the TV and my Xbox literally across the hall from my home office. and Borderlands 3 is begging me to come play. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't and, even and bought I haven't. it yet. I, so far, I have not played Borderlands dur- uh, before like uh, 6 or 7 at night. So, And I have to say, the game is a little buggy. I haven't even, I haven't even downloaded it yet. It's like, it's like the first sort of noticeably buggy game I've played. And I've had since I've started playing it a week or so ago, it's had, I feel like, a dozen little updates, so it is getting better. 
I haven't even launched X. Hell, I haven't even gone into my media room in about a month. Yeah, you might <laughs> want to go dust it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything? <clears throat> oh, last thing from my end is uh, still uh, we've I've wrapped up now. I've uh, the modern testing course on Ministry of Test. Uh, it'll be another few weeks to a month before it appears on the dojo. Brent was marveling over my dojo instructor sticker on my laptop. Oh, there you go. So that's why I have that. Uh, so excited about that. Uh, anything with you before we get started? Um, took advantage of uh, the appliance sales that happens on the, the last 3D weekend. I can, I can never remember if it's Memorial or Labor Day. Oh, what'd you buy? I bought a killer Samsung um, new stove, uh, a new Samsung refrigerator, as well as a new Bosch dishwasher. Oh, we have a Bosch dishwasher, and I have and and this is the appliance portion of the AB testing podcast because yeah. now I have opinions. So, which Bosch did you get? The the expensive one. I don't remember. All right, we have an expensive Bosch in our new house. It's nice. It's silent. Uh, 44 decibels, uh, but it is nothing compared. It is a downgrade from the Miele we had in our old house. Oh, we, sorry. Uh, you should have moved it. I, moved it. <laughs> I, I, I thought about I, I, I thought about going back to get it. Uh, we And I took advantage of a uh, appliance sale a while back. I have become uh, and maybe I'm not sure at what stage of having teenagers this happens probably to everyone, but I have become one of those people that has a second refrigerator in their garage. Oh, I've, I've been in that place since. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say you had to have been there for a while. I've been in, in, in that place since I had a, 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 you know, shortly after I purchased a house. Yeah, yeah. So it is great. It is actually. It's not even full, but it's good just to have it there. But the drama this time around is uh, for for a period of an hour, I had three, but I I sweet talked the the guys who delivered the last refrigerator to take the the lesser of the three away. So I didn't have to pay, you know, some random person to um, either two hundred dollars. If you if you pay some random person to come and pick it up, they're going to charge you an arm and a leg. These guys did it for free. Um, my ref- it's, it's my amazing refrigerator. You, yeah. So is it the kind where you can knock on the outside show to what's inside? Seen those? Oh, knock on the outside. I can show you on the inside of my refrigerator <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, the internet! Oh, yeah, because I put my washer and dryer, my new washer and dryer, on on our internet a few weeks ago, so it can tell me when loads are done. Yeah, it's weird, and it's uh, it's kind of like high tech meets old people, because we're talking about appliances here on a yeah. I, there is, <laughs> you can organize that a lot better. Oh, and here's the thing. Here's one thing that's cool. Doesn't really work well for the podcast, but for say like this thing. Yes, this thing. Oh, damn it. I can't do it on this one. Brent's pointing at his phone. All right. I still have to work through it. But there is a there is one of these damn apps allows me to bring crosshairs and say, that thing, I either need to order a new one of these or that one expires in end days or all sorts of things. This hooks up to to Google Home. Uh, and then once you get up to Google Home, obviously you can use uh, IFFT or um, I 
FTT or IFTT is the proper yeah that one or Um, or Zapier. We're not we're not married to either. uh, And recently, I dropped about four hundred dollars on Philips Hue uh, lighting for the media room that you haven't been in in a month. That I yeah I that one that one (laughs) literally I I I finished that purchase and installed it all like a week before um, school started. That's the main reason why I haven't gotten the media room. I don't have the time. Um, but <clears throat> at first when I thought, I'm like, why Why is everyone into this Philips Hue thing? It's so, who cares? It's cool. Oh, it's cool. When, all right. When you hook it up yeah, yeah, yeah. to Xbox streaming and you can have whatever's on your Xbox – have your room match the colors. It's cool when you're playing Minecraft and you go underwater. The whole room is underwater, not just the screen. Yeah. Anyway. That may happen. I'm digging. I don't, I, I don't play a lot of Minecraft, but whatever. I'm digging. I'm digging the IoT world. Okay. You need <laughs> IPv6 for your house to get enough uh, personal addresses for your stuff. Just saying. Yeah, not yet. So, should we have something about software? I guess we kind of about software. How about we talk about? Uh, uh, not yet. So the oh, other oh, we're thing, not we're not ready. Okay. Mesh network. Do you? Someone's have- pressing thirty seconds. Thirty seconds faster. Thirty. Seconds. <laughs> Come on, you guys, get there! God. I just realized that like I I have gone through and in the last two months I have seriously upgraded the electronics of my house. So, so mesh networking. Mesh network. Do you have one of those? Oh, of course. Okay. Which I'm one do you have? Evo. Okay, I have the Deco. And OMG, those things are awesome. Yes. Okay, now I'm done. Yeah, So, and uh, I thought I would hate, like, I've had the traditional router forever where I can go in and control and tweak everything. And on my uh, Deco, the TP-Link Deco, for those of you looking it up, uh, I just get an app with... A handful of those settings, but actually, it's everything I need to do. I I can assign static IPs. I can. It has some built-in stuff, so I can. I use the parental controls mm-hmm. to shut off my kids' internet at a particular time. <laughs> the question I get at least once a week: Dad, can I have fifteen more minutes of internet? I need to do some work. Oh, really? What is it you need to do? Um, research. What research? A video. <laughs> good, good night. Good night. <laughs> Beat it, kid. Uh, oh, yeah. So, <clears throat> been there, done that. We should have a... Been did, there, did done we that. we have an all-tangent episode once where we never actually got to anything? But that's not today. No. Don't shut it off yet. We have things. I might have the, I might have the only episode in the last three months <laughs> where there's not awful sound. Yeah, the, the parental controls... Uh, so my daughter doesn't have anything I'm I'm worried about yet, and she's still too young. My oldest has finally gotten through the hump, but there was times where uh, not only was the internet, um, I did so many things. Number one, uh, most most of the wireless routers offer the ability to do a guest network. Okay. I I uh, dedicated the guest network to him, gave a separate 
account, and it's because my router at that time allowed me to remotely turn off and on the guest network. So anytime my wife sent me a text going, oh my God, this kid's driving me nuts, my response was off. <laughs> um, and But that kid is a smart kid, um, and, uh, and he, he's kind of has a hacker mentality like his dad, and he'll find a way to work around it. So at, at, at some point in time, I was creating mechanisms and chasing, okay, how is he connecting to the internet this time? Okay, that one's gone. How about this time? Okay, that one's gone. How about this one? Um, yeah, but All that's right. over. Okay, cool. So is this an all-mailbag show? Uh, no, we just spent half hour doing tangents. Uh, it was only by the time I edit it, it'll only be ten minutes. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, okay, should we? We have some mailbag questions. Is that correct? We do. Mailbag. I'll start while Brent looks up his phone. No, so, I got it. Oh, you got it. Okay, go ahead. One of our listeners on the Slack channel asked. This is kind of connected to a question I wanted to ask. Uh, oh, yeah, out of context. I, I think Alan's going to bring us bring the context in. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm just bored. I'm playing some video games over here. Let me know when you're uh, done. This was the... Yeah, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Read. From what Brent was saying, I got the impression that all Microsoft teams moved, moved to the unified engineering work model. But from what I hear not from... Not true. Yeah, not true. Um, and and uh, we've talked about this before. We have. Uh, yeah. Um. But what I hear from my friends working in Microsoft in Prague, that developer tester model is still there, and they are even unaware that in USA you work differently. When I pointed them to your article on the subject, it was the first time they had learned about it. Um, so my question is, is, what is the adoption rate of unified engineering model in Microsoft? Well, if you go by, and this is by three coming up on three-year-old data, if you go by address book information... It's one hundred percent. Well, ninety nine point nine percent. When I when yeah. I when I left, uh, if you looked in the, did they ever replace head tracks? Anything better? So you looked in the the employee tracking the employee HR system. There were, I think I saw two or three people with the the word test in their title. Mm-hmm. Out of at the time, twenty five thousand, thirty thousand engineers. Can't remember. Here, here in Redmond, um, the only teams that I know of that still have a, a QA element, uh, similar to what we would have done in the traditional world, are those in the hardware space. It's a little different, yes. And what they're validating is essentially the that the hardware that we were just delivered. Um, is meeting standards before we start applying. But, 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 but let me let you all in on a little secret. Uh, Facebook, even years before Microsoft made this move, or said, we don't have testers. We're able to test our own stuff. And Facebook, like Microsoft, uh, employs a whole lot of contract testers. They're not full-time in the address book, but there are thousands and thousands of testers dedicated to testing Microsoft products uh, paid as contract employees, not as full-time employees. 
Yes, but the unified engineering adoption, and again, I'll say in 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 Redmond, uh, by payroll cost, by headcount, by any of those measures, is not only the dominant situation, it is by far the dominant situation. Yeah, it's odd to me. I'm not sure about the teams in, in Prague, or I'm not sure how they're set up or how they could be so separated they would not have heard of this before. It seems weird. Here, I think the three years time difference has made you forget one of the more common things that is rampant in Microsoft, and that is not invented here. And one of the easiest ways to to continue to support a culture of not invented here is to make sure you don't talk to any other team. True, but those satellite teams tend to work with other teams. Like my, like when I was on Teams, it had a chunk of the team based in Prague. Did they? Yep. Okay, because I was about to say I don't even. I, don't I didn't even know it. we had a development sub in Prague. This leads into, and I, I think. I don't know if it shows up in the mailbag or not. This leads into a video that came out in the last couple of weeks by a YouTuber slash former Microsoft employer named Barnacles. That's not his real name. I don't know what his real name. Doesn't matter. Where And Brent hasn't watched the video. I watched it because I had a bunch of people point me to it and say, Alan, what do you think of this? And the gist of the article is, and this guy is a, pretty good speaker he has a reasonable following on youtube and uh he's uh as i mentioned former microsoft tester on the windows team and his basic premise is windows 10 uh, these is getting buggier and buggier and every release is like we're stepping over a minefield of bugs and this is because microsoft laid off all their testers for windows and they should hire a test team back to bring back quality. And one of those statements is true, and two of those statements are false. I would say one is half true. Maybe one is half true. Well, and and even in his explanation of the... And it's hard, because I've, I've been away for a while, so I have to make stuff up. Uh, let's kind of go through that. I can, bring, I can bring in some details to catch you up, and you'll feel like you've watched the video. So let's start with the first question. And this would have been a great one to have Steve Rowe here, but I think he would have hand-waved a little bit. I don't know. Steve, let us know. Chime in on Slack. Uh, is Windows 10 buggier? It, is it, does it have a bug or a quality problem? And you don't work on Windows. So, and you, prob- I don't, you, you probably don't want to answer in case, any hi- in case Satya listens to our podcast, right? So I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, Steve Rowe definitely would. And again, I'm not certain that he would share it. I do think that that there is a... Um, so I mentioned half. I, I do think it's a half-truth, right? So uh, it did absolutely start when Microsoft got rid of their testers. What that organization did not do... Oh, did you want to lead there? No, no, no. Oh, I, know, okay. I, I know where you're going. I'm okay. very, I'm very, you went right where I thought you would, which is great. Right. Um, 
what they did not do uh, is something that Alan and I have talked about a lot of times. Alan said, told or shared this guidance, I don't know, 30,000 times on stage. What they, do uh, you know the underwear gnomes? No. Have you heard of the underwear gnomes? No. Okay. So South Park. They they have these characters called the underwear gnomes, and the problem that the underwear gnomes have is everyone goes to Amazon and others to get their shoes, so they don't need gnomes to to make magical shoes anymore. So they realize that they need to come up with a new business proposition. Okay, now what they learned is they have a, a three step plan. Okay, and they had an idea, and the first step is they're going to go steal everyone's underwear. Okay, and they have the last step of the plan, massive profit. So they're going to start by stealing everyone's underwear, and that's going to deliver massive profit. Now, the problem is they don't know what step two is, and even on their advertising, the step two is a question mark, but this is actually a very good analogy. It me- is. Metaphor. Go on. <laughs> but even without knowing what step two is, like they have a clear step one. So they can start executing that while, you know, the, the brainier gnomes, I guess, figure out what step two is that connects the dots between ceiling underwear and massive profit. To me, uh, I, I use the underwear gnome metaphor a lot. Uh and it's not just at Microsoft because it's a pattern of behavior I see all of the time. It's just a huge amount of confidence that, oh, yeah, once we start this, we'll figure out a way to connect the dots to, to the goal. Um, some of those situations, in fact, succeed. Uh, some of those situations don't. And... Um, and I would say with, because I was there for the transition in Windows, and I want to correct a bunch of uh, misstatements in the video. I'm sure we'll have a fraction of the listeners, a tiny fraction of the listeners this this podcast as have watched the video. But, so what I saw being on the front lines as transition in Windows was, one, they did not lay off all the testers. They uh, there was a time when they merged Xbox, Windows Phone, and Windows into one big org, and there were some redundant people that were laid off. Um, and there's some good people laid off there. I, 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 I'm fully on board there. They did not lay off the whole test team. But what they did was took the whole test team and said, you're the data and quality team or something. They put people into new roles or, or you're developers. So they dissolved the test team more than laid them all off. And then the, the sort of the question mark happened. And you could say there's a strategy to that. And I kept on going back and forth between thinking there's no plan here. Big, just a question mark. And Maybe there's just letting a thousand flowers bloom. And this is where I saw, to his credit, Steve Rowe just latch on to data science and, and go from someone who was definitely where there was a point in time where I think I knew more about data science than Steve Rowe. It lasted about a minute. And then he got excited about it and then now is full on, like, figured out how to make this work. Uh, so the thousand flowers blooming thing happened, but I feel like. There was a plan missing there as well, so I'm not sure quite the balance there. But anyway, go on. Uh, so what I saw, what I saw over and over again at Microsoft at that time, 
was you could completely remove the test team. Uh, but then there was a, a complete assumption. Well, then, of course, Dev is going to do the right thing and pick up the slack. And that was the assumption that I saw over and over again as false. Because yeah. as many people want to call uh, point, uh, point out when we bring up MT, but Alan and Brent, Dev doesn't want to test. Yeah, that is absolutely true. And that is why we pulled in Principle 7 as part of MT is it's the right thing for the business. We need to figure out strategies to to succeed, even though they don't want to. So I've yes, and now I want to get into the points of the Barnacles video, which are I oh, go not, not only disagree with but are but are flat out wrong. So I think he does have an argument that there is more buggy behavior in the recent builds of Windows than maybe there were in the past. I disagree completely that having bringing back a test team to be test buddies uh, is the right way to do it. Uh, in fact, let me talk about a few things he says from my memory, which as we know is bad. Uh, he said, believe it or not, testing needs to be there to be the gatekeepers. In fact, we called ourselves that. We were the gatekeepers of quality. Oh and my I, God, that <laughs> triggered you, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty much I, that might be a slight paraphrase pretty much he did say we were called the gate we called ourselves the gatekeepers like well that's the wrong way to do it so he went off a, a few different times on dump files and and i feel like he didn't understand them completely but he, he talked eloquently about them but he said we get these mini dumps which we do from crashes and they don't have all the information so what I did as a tester is I would look at the mini dump and I would debug it and make sure I figured out, I'd make sure I get the developer had all the information they needed to figure out the right way to fix the bug. And they need someone to do that. And I'm thinking, do you, did they also need someone to bring them their coffee in the morning and lunch in the afternoon? Uh, it's like, why are they unable to do that? He went off for a while on these, this codependency we've talked about and how, but it's weird because it's centering for me because these things we talk about as being inefficient uh he saw as necessary in order to generate quality and i use the word generate there purposely because it's really a big story about how this video is filled with things about how the test team is necessary in order to test quality into developers crappy code that was essentially his uh so the, the story went from windows 10 is buggy uh, the right way to do that is to have a bunch of people who do developers work for them so it's less buggy. He even brought back the fact that he needed to bring back all the UI automation that uh, Windows 10 had. So it's so it's really like the and it, it's one of these things like let's harken back to the old days when things were much simpler and easier. And so the solution to if a new problem pops up because of moving forward. The answer is not always or rarely, I wouldn't say never, rarely to move backward. If I deploy a bug to production, yes, I want to roll back. If I make a process change, if I make a bet on doing things differently because I think it'll help my business, priority, principle one, our priority is moving the business, and I screw it up, 
I may want to fix forward versus roll back. And in this case, uh, yeah, I'm, as you can tell, I am 1 million percent against the idea that hiring a test team is the right way to, uh, fix any perceived or real bugs in Windows quality. Now, so in generic advice, right, is if you realize you pulled the trigger too soon, right, and and I'm not saying if Windows did or did not, but there are multiple teams that I have observed uh, and were involved in where I felt, oh, that team absolutely pulled the trigger too soon. Sure. Do you solve uh, critical quality uh, issues with the dollar sign? Absolutely. Uh, were I in a strategic role on those teams? Sure. I would go, I would spend um, the necessary money on vendor dollars to bring things up to speed, but not without a plan that was proactively communicated around when these guys are going away and my expectations of the, of the of um the people who will be left behind so you would start with why absolutely yeah and that's that's super important organizational change and i and that i don't want to i i don't want to be yet another microsoft employee harping on why microsoft sucks and uh you you do that well already <laughs> I do, but to go back to the quality, I do want to mention that the issues with updating from build to build on Windows are what drove me away from using Windows. Sure. So it it, it there are issues there, and I think that and my experience was you know being at Microsoft, my builds were updated much more often. My experience was that and it's been over a year since I've used Windows, but my personal experience was yes, quality did go down. I have um, I have similar clear. similar complaints on a broad aspect. Uh, I have no proof of this, uh, but I do. Except for this is the thing that drives me the most nuts nowadays, and I do feel like um. UI design has taken a hit. Right, uh, the teams, your your old product. Yep. Okay. It does weird things with microphones. Like it didn't just pick up the default OS microphone. Uh, and apparently the only time I can go and change the microphone is when I'm on a call. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> right, and, and you, it has a settings button, and the, you go to that one. You click the settings button, and it takes you to oh, here's a whole bunch of apps you can install for Teams. I'm like, why is that not a downloads apps button? <laughs> How is that settings? No, where do I change the goddamn microphone for this product? Um, the because I happen to have one of – I got a new computer. And the new computer uh, is a desktop, but it's – I don't know why companies still build these, but it's one where the desktop has an integrated microphone. Who the hell uses that? What the hell? Who the hell uses that? I, nobody. <laughs> no, nobody. 
that well let me tell you uh the challenge is of course that i guess they want to add it because it's 10 cents but i hate to do this in the context of this conversation but the integrated microphone on my macbook is actually very very good i use it a lot shocking very shocking. It's the the MacBook microphones are very very good. I, I have a Lenovo, uh, and I do conference calls, and and I say no one complains. Yeah, in fact, if you I was on uh, the Test and Code podcast maybe three months ago. Yep. If you listen to that, my entire audio is recorded off of my MacBook microphone. Yeah. So just saying. Anyway, go on. Um, where were we? When it occurred, and, like, I don't know when that article came out, the the one with the video that you're talking about. Oh, was. just within the last few weeks. Oh, okay. So that would be the latest example. Um, when they were going through the transition, uh, I heard all sorts of dev and testers fighting it. Um, three years later, I, I, I'm aware of devs devs coming to and saying we need to do this um and i would say to microsoft's credit most of those teams those requests have been denied um and and steve to bring bring back testers yeah okay and i had a go ahead and finish then i want to build on that story the steve would do would do a much more detailed job uh i guess the nice thing though is the fact that you and i are not on the teams uh and don't know much about it except for the people we talk to it reduces our risk of or at least my risk of exposing an nda issue right and Um, and to be fair an operating system is very complex and uh it's the hardware ecosystem the fact that that pcs can contain a virtually infinite or combinatorial infinite number of combination of devices (laughs) makes things difficult. I don't know how I said that right, but, uh, and if you look at Microsoft's main customers, which are corporations, they tend to buy a lot of the same PCs for all their employees. They get a much higher success rate. It's, I think it's tough on the home user though. Well, and the other thing, so I will say I am pro Satya. I very, I am too. I'm very supportive of the direction. I, I like that. I, I didn't leave because of him. I, I like that he is taking a proactive uh, stance. I felt um, Bomber spent most of his time trying to defend a position, and when you when you when you do that, um, it makes it just so much easier for a small upstart to come from nowhere. And take your market, right? Um, I, I, I told this story before. Uh, Ten years ago or so, I was having discussions with a manager of mine. And they were like, oh, we own the OS market and we will forever. Oh, wow. Because we have 18 quadrillion lines of code and it is so complex. And company, like... Android OS is my favorite example here. It came from nowhere to dominance. And it's because of 
they took a serv- service mentality to deploy it. So Barnacles or whatever the guy's name is, if we want to go back in time, there is one point in time where I'll agree. If we're going to go back in time, we need to go back in the time before services existed. And, and never create services? And never create services, <laughs> and then everything he's saying is correct. But until then, there's going to be companies um, like that that were that that approach is ludicrous. So I, I have two stories to tell. Uh, one is I was in a some leadership training at Microsoft 15 years ago, and there was a since retired air quote retired VP of in I think it was in networking, but he was talking about this same thing as OS dominance and da 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 da. And this is just the time the Chromebook was announced, but not out yet. But I asked, I said, my question was pretty much along the lines of the way I work today. Given the fact that uh, an information worker can work largely in a browser all day long, do you see a need for Microsoft to compete with a lighter weight OS that uh, focuses on the browser experience? Basically, I said, should we have a Chrome, should we have a Chrome OS competitor? And his answer was, it's like the Spinal Tap answer, but our apps go to 11. It says, but why would you want that when you can have Windows and play games too? I said, but that's not the point. But they just kind of doubled down on, well... I can play games in the browser. But his whole line of questioning, his whole line of answers to me were, but we can do more with Windows. Yes, it's true, but you can... When you're trying to increase market share, you, you have two options. You can go after someone else's market share or, like the smart people do, go grab market share that hasn't been grabbed yet. Or create a new market. Or create a new market, yes, which is kind of the same thing. The the other – so that that happened. That was yet another brick in the wall of my, uh, of my long exit. Uh, but – the interesting story is now I'm going to fast forward this to last week when I had a conversation. Maybe it was this Monday. I had a conversation with someone on my in my org at Unity uh, where we have – I wouldn't even call him a tester. Uh, I have someone who is a sort of a test coach, a testing quality coach for an entire half of the team. I think I want to hire someone else to do the other half of the team. I think it actually works out really well to have someone float and help and coach and not do all the work. And I think that's a right way. I think it's, I feel like it aligns MT very well. I need that coach there. But anyway, they said their question was, I think we need to hire a test team. And they thought I would be, oh, great. I can build my empire and hire testers. And I told them why they were wrong. <laughs> and they said, but, 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 but. And which is going to dovetail into our next question a little bit, maybe. Uh, but my answer, the answer was no. And then it was no. And they said, but, but what about, we have to, for this particular part, we need to test across 60 different phones. And this, and I said, great. Uh, we have a bit bar we can use for that. He goes, no, 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 we can use for some of that. Okay. Okay. There's a little bit of stuff we need to spot check on each of the phones and make sure things that we have to do. We need eyeballs on it. I'm not against eyeball testing. I'm not, I'm not in the automate everything camp. So I said, okay, cool, cool. That's the perfect thing to hire out. I would not hire a test team, a full-time tester to come in and check the, uh, not to 
degrade uh, offshore teams or even even nearshore teams that do this manual verification. I would even give them narratives and do some exploratory testing for us, but I would definitely contract that workout. And uh, they didn't. Once I kind of explained that view, there was right now. This is just Monday. There's the the reaction was somewhere between. Yeah, of course you're right, Alan. And and uh, well, let me ponder that a little bit. They're sort of thinking about that. I think that makes sense to them. But anyway, that just happened. So I am not hiring a test team. However, I'll probably hire one kind of senior coachable tester in San Francisco. Hey, three. At some point in the next few months. But anyway, uh, did you have more on Barnacles, or do you want to dovetail this into the next mailbag question? Yeah, we can. We can go to the next mailbag question. And, and I, mean, I, if I remember, I'll link the video. It should be easy to find. I think it was shared a whole bunch of times. He makes a joke about the video going viral. And I think it actually did sort of go viral. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's worth checking out uh, only to get your own, only to build your own opinion versus the one that I've created for you I, here. It, it is human nature to resist change. Yes. The the thing, like as you talked about, right? Uh, long term, long term. Uh, I I mean I I'm this is not the prediction episode. Um, no, that comes up in another few months. But as you talked about, right? Um, you can do a lot with just the browser alone. Yeah. Will there be a concept of a universal cloud OS? Where maybe whatever limitations browsers have get fixed. Uh, the cloud is growing. The cloud is not going to go away. And what what we're observing is what people want is compute, not anything underneath it. Why do I even need to know there is hardware in today's world? Right, it, and what we're finding is is that so, so you can play games, Brent. I, I don't need to know that. So it, for those who have studied object oriented design, right, what we're seeing is is encapsulation even in the compute space, and it continues to grow. Right, um, microservices everywhere is going to be a thing that happens. Right, and then you hook that up to IoT or I, um, I am more worried about um, things just magically happen and no one knows why anymore because they, we humans just don't have the ability to pay that much attention to the complexity. And if we have individual teams deploying these small little widgets and, and we have millions of teams and millions of widgets, right, uh, it, it just to me, feels like it gets a little bit closer to magic. I was talking with my daughter just yesterday, and she's super excited about her having her phone. And she was asking about laptops and phones. And right now, Samsung 10 are actually, they're making a statement that their phones can be used in place of a laptop and viably. Like, yeah. a, a Phone with a terabyte of storage, all essentially um, in memory, 
right? That's, I mean, if you can deal with the, the small form factor, uh, you're good to go. Yeah, and interesting. I do want to get to the next question in our last 10 minutes or so here. Uh, but I built a new home computer, maybe coming up on three years, right when I left Microsoft. And on your recommendation, I got uh, the, what are they called? The M1 drive? The M2. M2 drive. Isn't that thing cool? It's cool. But I also got an SSD. I figured, okay, I should, I, I feel like I need a, a, a gig of storage. A gig? A, a terabyte. Thanks. Jeez. <laughs> like, Jesus. Sorry, I'm aging Wow. Myself. So <laughs> I, I, I have a 512 M2 and a, fi- and a, and a 512 um, uh, SSD. Uh, I forget I have the SSD because the 512 uh, M2 is more than enough. I just don't have enough stuff that I store. And this is – I started syncing my Google Drives uh, to my box as well. I just don't store that much stuff on – I don't keep that many artifacts locally. It's interesting. Right, because you have it uh, – you know, it used to be Google like, Drive, OneDrive, like you're, you're adding, Dropbox. You're, you're adding uh, – you have your computer for a year. You add another hard drive to it. You keep on adding storage till you have this massive storage. And I remember doing this for years, and I just don't need as much anymore. The only reason why I have storage on my box at, at home, because I, I do the same thing. I'm like, hey, if I just load it up to, to OneDrive, uh, I have a lot more confidence that that's going to be protected and secured and backed up than I do if I did it manually. Yeah, I use Because rule, rule. I hate doing it and I'm lazy. Yeah, I have rule of three for backups. So we have a, uh, a server at home, um, a NAS server, which is backed up continuously to uh, actually a- a- Amazon. I pay for Carbonite. So Amazon is Prime members at 60 bucks a year for a terabyte. And that's uh, I stay just under that because photos are free. And then uh, for stuff, I have my entire CD collection. Remember CDs? Yeah. Uh, ripped to flack, which is lossless audio. And that's all backed up to Glacier Storage. I pay a dollar a month for that. Dollar fifty maybe. Yeah. Because it's just there for like I don't want to re-rip them all again, but I want so it's I spend fifteen dollars a year just to make sure I never have to re-rip my entire CD collection. So I have about three thousand CDs in boxes sitting underneath my bed. <laughs> and then I have no idea what I'm going to do with these things. Because yeah, for me, the $100 a year Spotify subscription, I'm good. Yeah, it is. So I have a lot of, <laughs> um, shall we call I'm them? I'm not ripping these things. Yeah. I'm not playing them. I don't know what to do. <laughs> All right. We'll go to the next time. So I yep. do want to get into the second question Let's do it. briefly here. So can you read the question? Uh, the question's long. We have 10 minutes. I'll summarize it. That's, that's what I hoped. Okay. Can you summarize the question I meant to say? Hi, Alan. Hey, how's it going? I, I'm fine. Thank you. Awesome. I, <laughs> I work for a QA agency. I'm all aboard on MT, but ultimately I, I go to my clients and they say, that's great. Here's a bunch of test cases. Please go automate them. So the question is, is how do I apply MT in that scenario? That's an excellent question. It is. 
So anyway, we're out of time. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, we can start on this. It'll generate more questions. We can talk about. Uh, yeah. No. Let's let let's do it. I'm kidding. Yeah. No. no um. I think it's it's tough because you're getting paid in a situation like that. You're getting paid to do what the customer wants you to do. If they tell you that you need your job is to go clean their bathroom. I guess you do it or you quit. And the same thing with. Uh, Please run all these test cases. Reminds me, again, going back to my first day at Microsoft, when uh, my manager gave me an Excel spreadsheet full of these UI test cases, these test cases. I said, great, when do you need these automated? He goes, oh, no, we don't have time to automate. You just need to run these every day. So I automated them anyway. Uh, my first act of defiance at Microsoft took about two days, and I never stopped. But in this situation, I think it's tough because on one hand, there's what the customer wants versus what they need. And obviously, you can't go in there and say, no, I'm not going to run your test cases. I'm going to transform your organization into the 21st century. That's not what they want to hear. But I would say, and I'm sure you have some ideas as well, is sure, you go you go do that testing, but you start doing some things that enable the growth of the quality culture. And maybe maybe quality culture is where you start with principle number four, is where you start in a room like this, is you do the testing. But you talk when you go deliver the bug to the developer, as Barnacles was talking about, as with some huge awesome thing. Uh, you have a conversation about so cool. Um, do you want to? Do you want to pair up on fixing it? Do you want to pair up on testing it when you have the fix ready? Um, can we talk about how we could have prevented this? What do you think we should do differently? Do um, you think we could add tools and CI? Should we have a CI system? That'll make my job easier because then, then you guys can find these bugs. What test? Oh, my favorite question to ask a developer is uh, when they say, like, can you please test this for me? If they were to say that to me, they're not that stupid. Uh, I would say, what tests have you already run? And just to get, the, <laughs> just to get those conversations going, say, no, it's your job. Well, actually, no, my job is different. I would say it's even as a QA agency is, look, I can't come in here and find all your bugs for you it's not going to scale that way i'm going to find the bugs that you can't find so let's look at this as a bandpass filter so there's a bunch of bugs that you are more suitable and more able to find i'm not going to be your safety net i'm not going to be your it's, we're going to be more efficient we're going to have a better relationship we're going to deliver higher quality software together if you find the bugs that you're capable of finding. And over time, as we work together, you're going to get better at that. But for now, let's talk about what testing you're going to do. And then I can figure out how to build on that and make sure we deliver a high-quality product together. I would have a conversation kind of like that and see where that builds to. And obviously, this can go in one of 10,000 different directions. It is interesting given like the they're in a contract position. The specific scenario, I think, is actually something we spent a good amount of time in the same episode talking about. In cases of crises, that's that's appropriate. So th- this particular person said uh, their scenario, I don't know if this is real or just uh, uh, hypothetical, but their scenario was uh, their company or him were being hired to convert manual test cases to automated. Okay. All right. That is one of the levels of hell, I think. Uh, it is, but let's let's do it this way. Startup company, right? It, 
the 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 role of a startup is to find a stable business plan before the money runs out, right? And so one of the first things, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but one of the first things that's going to be abandoned in a, in a situation like that, if you're out of time, you're going to go the quick path. You're not going to not going to invest in automating the test cases. You'll run them, uh, but you're not going to invest in automating them. Uh, the and again, probably the wrong thing to do, but it seems like a, uh, a time-saving cost at, at that moment. Uh, and it's primarily because people don't really pay attention to all the missed bugs that they're now having to fund instead of writing new features. I am perfectly okay that once you realize you have that as technical debt and that is actually bottlenecking you, I'm perfectly okay spending money to buy it down. There's a technique to it. I mean, my Agreed. my my hell reaction is because not all air quote manual tests can be air quote automated. Uh, it's it's a different it's a test design problem. Uh, there may be a bunch of tests that yes we could automate these. There may be a bunch of tests like no actually it makes sense to have eyeballs on these. We should not. We should make sure we just do a little sanity walkthrough or realize it's never going to break and not run those tests at all. And there's another group of tests like maybe, maybe we need to just write a diagnostic tool that will tell us what's going on uh, that would highlight issues that happen like this. But to take a list of test cases that are scripted and to automate them is, I think, more often than not a fool's errand. Here's Or at least approached blindly. Here's what I would do. Here's my answer to that question and what I would do in that person's shoes and generalizing what you just said. Okay. So I'm being hired and being paid to do a job. I will do that job. Okay. But I will write up uh, at some point when I have sufficient knowledge, I will write up a, a proposal that would very much align with MT titled, here's the things that in in the process of doing work that I learned and am now going to give you as, as recommendations because you're my client for the explicit purpose to making it harder for you to have to make the decision to hire me or someone like me ever yeah, again. It, it's a tough thing to do as a consultant because or, or as a contractor because you're coming in, you're hired to solve. And I, earlier I said how I'd use contractors I, to solve a short-term problem. But you're coming in to solve a short-term problem, but you want to also give them a long-term solution. And um, in this particular case, even if you were in a QA agency, um, I would do that because it would positively impact my brand with that company or every other client I have. They go, so they, I would officially turn myself into the Mary Poppins of QA. That might even be the... Name of the company if it's not trademarked. <laughs> I'm sure it's trademarked. All right. So we will we will we will dig into this later as more questions come up, but uh, hopefully I can get this released and the sound doesn't suck. All right. Good chatting with you, Brent. And you, Alan. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.